Welcome to ACC Nation. I'm Jim, and that's Will, who is celebrating his 10th anniversary with his wife, Sammy. They're getting ready to go and have some fun this week and, and have some time off and spend time together. And, uh, congratulations, man. All of us, all of us uh, wish you the best and are, you know, just happy as all get out for you. Well, thank you. Um, it's, you know, it's really exciting to get away for a few days. Uh, we're going to go up and visit um, the Duluth up north in Minnesota, and it's going to be really cold, but excited <laughs> to get away for a few days. I mean, we're going to miss our little doggo, but he'll be in great hands with the in-laws. That's right. That's right. That's uh, exciting. Ten years, man. Wow. Yeah, Very I know. Good. Very cool. Uh, and <clears throat> A lot of times you, you come down to uh, our neck of the woods uh, and uh, celebrate, and uh, that's always been fun for, yeah. for us, too, you know? <laughs> so, but uh, we'll, yep. get, we'll get you back down, you know? We'll get through all this nonsense, <clears throat> and we'll get you back down here, and <clears throat> we'll have the, uh, uh, let's see, the M&Ms and Cheetos, is that the Puffs? the puffs yeah, it's the puffs you got yeah so i should probably explain explain this so our yearly tradition um <laughs> is on our bre for breakfast on the morning of our anniversary we have cheeto puffs and m&m for breakfast and that is because that was our breakfast on the morning of our wedding see we got married in vegas and i think on that morning it was actually the same morning when Kim Kardashian and Chris Humphreys were supposedly going to divorce. So we were, I don't, I don't know why I remember that, but whatever. But um, yeah, we were just kind of feeling lazy that morning. And that's what we had in our hotel room in Vegas just laying around. So we, instead of going out to breakfast, we just ended up sitting in our hotel room and eating that. We've done that every Halloween for the past 10 years. So I think it's only appropriate. <laughs> and 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 if it, the people who know me know that that is well within you know our randomness in our marriage. Yeah, yeah, random, definitely. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good yeah. word that applies to both of you. That's, mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, we love you to death, and uh, oh, congratulations, man. Um, thank you. All right, let's take a look at our, 20, our top twenty-five oopsies, and uh, of course, a wrap of ACC football. But first, let's talk about some ACC sports action. The ACC Cross Country Championships kicked off the weekend with Notre Dame taking the men's trophy, NC State the women's title. The ACC Field Hockey Championship gets underway the fifth, fourth, fifth, and seventh at Syracuse. ACC Men's and Women's Soccer Championship action begins this week. We'll have details of how all of these uh, sports are, are laid out and the competition for you at accnation.net. <clears throat> now, this is something near and dear to you. Will the USCHO hockey polls have Boston College men at number nine, Notre Dame at number 14? On the women's side, Boston College is ranked number four. Um it's interesting, as always, to see who's at the top of, of those charts, and, and maybe we'll share that on the website as well. Usually we do. Uh, now, <clears throat> how about those top 25 oopsies? You know, look, you would think by now that those things would be tailing off, <laughs> but no. <laughs> We've got to have lots of upsets every week, so let's just dive right back into them. The first one is... Um, I'm going to preface it with this question. Will Jim Harbaugh ever just go away? 
No. Uh, yeah, that's that's the simple answer right there. Uh, unless he like has a down year and loses another down year and loses to Ohio State in pretty you know bad fashion, get get it handed to him. But yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, he's pretty locked in. Number eight, Michigan State over number six, Michigan. Final score there, thirty-seven, thirty-three. Uh, number seventeen, Pitt was upended. We'll have more on that in a moment. West Virginia, hey. Mountaineers knocked off number 22, Iowa State, 38-31. That was a big win for West Virginia. Congratulations. Number 18, Auburn. They're riding a really nice late-season wave. They bumped number 10, Ole Miss, 31-20. to um, <clears throat> I think Ole Miss was overrated. That's my personal belief. Um, it sort of ties in with a little... Uh, other some other things that are going on there but <clears throat> let's go on houston delivered a big win over number 19 smu 44 37 number 12 kentucky another team i think that is at number 12 seriously overrated hammered by unranked mississippi state 31 to 17 that's not an anomaly loss folks this is telling you who they are it's just that simple but then again, I can tell you this is also the randomness of Mississippi State because they can oh, jump up and get you on a random week when they have that offense going. Yeah. And We've seen that with uh, when they handled NC State earlier in the season, too. True. And, and here's the thing. When you have these sort of, of wins by Mississippi State, um, you know, when you when you look back at that NC State loss, you go, okay, um, this is this is really going to hurt NC State because you know we we don't you know what I'm talking about yeah, with yeah. yeah okay right but then when Mississippi State comes along and knocks off number twelve it actually makes NC State look better <clears throat> so because they can go jump up and beat a borderline top ten team on a given week <laughs> that's right so anyway. Um, interesting losses there. Unranked Fresno State rolled to a 30-20 win over number 21 San Diego State. Mm. Uh, we talk about uh, these these West Coast teams. It seems frequently on the oopsies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just don't so on uh, one of the games you mentioned <clears throat> earlier, it was on right in front of the Virginia game last night, and it was the right. Houston SMU game. Man, what a what a finish to that one! A yeah. kick return touchdown that that sealed it. How about that? Was some crazy stuff. It was. And you know, big. You know, SMU. That was their first loss of the season. That was a fun game to watch. Yeah, we, we were force fed it. We were force fed it, <laughs> but it was worth it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like when you're a kid and you you know you're, yeah. your eat going, your vegetables. Get the get airplane. Yeah, so <laughs> it was good for you. Eventually, you uh, grow up to like that food one way or the other. <clears throat> anyway, among ACC teams, Wake, the Pack, Panthers, and Hoos have all locked in a bowl bid. They are the top two teams from the Atlantic and Coastal divisions, respectively. Crazy season. That's all I can say. It's it's topsy turvy, and teams are coming on late in the season. It'll be uh, interesting to see how this all wraps up in the next couple of weeks. Clemson can grab a bowl bid with a win over Louisville this coming week. Syracuse is one game away from a bowl bid. They have to play Louisville, NC State, and Pitt. 
the last three games on their schedule, but that's after a bye week. So, um, and Syracuse had a, a, a very nice win. I think a far more demonstrative of who they really are uh, or who they could be. We're not really sure just yet. We'll get to that in a moment. First game is the upset of uh, number 17, Pitt. Here's a team that's coming back. Started out with unbelievable expectations, which were just off the chart. And who knows who votes for these the, this kind of nonsense. But Miami, um, you know, and I can understand the hype around Derek King and, and whatnot. I get that. Uh, but still, that team was not all that in, in a biscuit um, early in the season. They just weren't. But they have been finding their way here. Uh, in the last few games, they, they have begun to click. And I really watched closely. Um, they're not there yet, but I'll tell you what, Miami's got a lot of potential. And if they if they roll off a couple of wins here, they're they're definitely going to be in a bowl. Um, but uh, I think this team, if they because they've got a lot of youngins, if they if they bring that back next season, w- we can seriously talk about this team ought to be ranked next season and and believe it. So Miami thirty eight, Pitt thirty four, the final. I'll get to the pit side, but we should we should address the Miami side first because what we've seen these last two games from Tyler Van Dyke and you kind of talked about it. You know, if if they bring this team back next year, the way at the way they're currently constituted, there's this is a team you can't talk about as a potential coastal favorite. Now let's let's uh, let's hold off on the U being back, folks. This is. <laughs> you know, two games and um, it's a two game sample size where they beat, you know, NC state at home, which is a good win and beating a pit team. I've been telling everyone for weeks is nowhere near as good as they, as they, as you think they were. And, and I, and I laid it out even last, especially last week when um, leading into this game, they hadn't faced the top 50 pass defense all season mm-hmm. or pass offense, excuse me. And the best one they had faced was Western Michigan, who who beat them. And here we go again. They fa- they actually faced a really good, you know, passing offense, even through, you know, going through De'Ara King and now in the Tyler Van Dyke. Van Dyke went for 428 yards in this game, um, 32 of 42 passing, only through one pick. So you've seen his progression ever since he got the start of, against Virginia that he is – feeling more comfortable in this offense um he's he looks like he's he now even in what four games that he's played he looks like he's been there for a couple of years now yeah the only the only question the only only thing is i still see a lot of drops from from the receivers i know i was in and out of this game and it just felt like every time he would you know i would look up somebody was dropping a ball i know charleston rambo had a couple of drops but he still had a nice game with 100 yards 100 yards receiving um, you know, Miami is looking like see these last couple of weeks, they look like they've, they, you know, they're looking like a team that we should really keep an eye on going into next year. Um, Kenny Pickett in the loss, 519 yards passing three touchdowns, two picks, um, very Brendan Armstrong against, uh, UNC type numbers. Um, 
and I've never like disrespected Kitty Pickett. Obviously, I he is really really good. Um, it's my whole beef has been with the the defense being a bit overrated, um, and I just I just felt like they were going to get get beat. But the offense we know can do just about whatever it wants, and the you know they they still are a game up in the coastal on Virginia, and we'll get to. Virginia later, but that's uh, you know with with what happened you know late in the game yesterday or in that game overnight, you know, it Pitt still may be in the driver's seat in the coastal. We'll see. <clears throat> we have a couple of games <laughs> left to determine. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Um, yeah, I I tell you what, I'm I'm very encouraged with Miami, and it it felt to me like Pitt was back in its old habits. Mm-hmm. And, and um, yeah, this was no, you know, how we went from Clemsoning to pitting. Right. I don't think this was pitting, but for the record, this was just Miami. You know, like I said, I think I think this says a little bit more about my a little more about Miami than does Pitt. Yes, I, I I like to be I like to feel vindicated by, it, but I also at the same time feel like that we that Miami might have something here. Yeah. Um. Let's let's make no bones about it here for a for a moment, folks. Both of those teams are pretty solid. If you if you really step back for just a moment, and to have a thirty eight thirty four battle like that um, says a lot. Uh, and we uh, shouldn't discount the fact that Miami is technically one game out in the loss column. <laughs> that's right. So keep an eye on them. We'll see where that goes. Our next uh, is the battle of the Techs. Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech, and uh, just when you want to write off the Hokies and you feel like uh, the Yellow Jackets are are uh, doing something right, both teams just absolutely come out and and um, turn that whole idea on its head. Virginia Tech over Georgia Tech, twenty six seventeen final score. Yeah, and the chatter after the game, people are, I mean, people have been a little bit frustrated with Jeff Collins, but feels like the noise is getting louder. It feels like mm-hmm. this team continues to make the same mistakes over and over again. Um, it's, it, you're starting to wonder if this is, if this is going to work out. Obviously, he's had, you know, almost three years to, to build this program, and it doesn't look like they're going to be making a bowl this year again. Um yeah, even with, you know, some of the efforts they've put out. I mean, obviously, you know, losing to Northern Illinois at the beginning of the season isn't, you know, kind of looms. But then again, Northern Illinois is a bowl team who nobody expected to be as good as they were at the beginning of the year. But, you know, some of these uh, other losses, you know, have been kind of a head scratcher. I mean, this game was pretty close. I mean, um, there was 23-17 late in the, into the fourth quarter and then, Tech went on a soul-sucking uh, 12 play, 85 yard drive that took up seven minutes of the clock, that made it uh, a nine, the final score 26-17. And a lot of that is because uh, over the last couple of weeks, Justin Fuente has been a little more hands-on with the offense, and there's much improvement in that in that Virginia Tech offense. I mean, they ran for 237 yards in this game uh, between Malachi Thomas and Raheem Black, Blackshear. 
Uh, Burmeister had a decent game, 254 yards passing and two touchdowns. Yeah, Tech is, you know, I mean, yeah, they lost last week. And who knows if this means anything you know, with the with the you know uptick in offense the last couple of weeks. It might be too little too late to save Fuente's job. Um, but if they start getting on a roll again, you know, maybe he ends up saving his job again. Um, we could have a role reversal. <laughs> uh, that's a <clears throat> an interesting prospect of save, saving his job again. I like that. Um, here's what they have coming up. Uh, Boston College this week, Friday, uh, Duke, Miami, and Virginia. And uh, I think I think where the the nail in the coffin would be is if they lose to Virginia. And yeah, I feel like a lot of the season rides on whether or not they beat Virginia. And like I said, we'll we'll get into Virginia a little later. But I mean, we got to be realistic at the same time. Every single one of those games on te- on Virginia Tech schedule is winnable. So it's not like they're done done. I I say that for Virginia Tech, it's uh, two out of four. Yeah, if they finish two and two, hey, they could that could happen. I mean, they could lose. They could lose. You know, they could also lose all four of those games too. But yeah, don't I don't. Well, I don't see that happening. But, I don't. Uh, I yeah, I, I don't think they will. But you know, uh, it, it's, I, it, it, it can happen. I just can't see if, if Miami keeps playing the way they are, and Virginia's offense is just screaming, you know, Mimi's crazy. Um, of course, you know. If if with this injury to Brennan Armstrong, uh, if he's out for the rest of the season, that could turn this game totally around, too. So, uh, something to think about. I don't think he will. I, will and I were talking about that before we we started recording, and um, from my perspective, now this is this is not a medical professional talking here. Uh, I'm a former EMT. So a lot of similar injuries to this worked a lot in sports stuff. Um, I've, I've cracked my, my ribs. So I know what that's like. Um, I think he, I think he just cracked his ribs. I don't think it was anything major. Uh, now, will he come back in next week? Yeah, that's anybody's question. But I think after, you know, if you wrap it up really good um, and you put the right type of protection around it, he may sit out a week. Um, I, I think he'll be back. That's now he won't be, he won't be scrambling quite as much. <laughs> I don't think just, just for protection purposes. Yeah. Um, but, um, I think he'll be back. We'll see. Um, I, I, I would hope to see him back because I, I love watching him play. And, uh, there was a lot of really serious talk last night in that game about his his potential for being on a Heisman list and um, I I agree with that I think that that they should be looking closely at him his numbers and um, and at least consider him a lot more than than uh, maybe a couple of the other people that are on that list who I've just scratched my head over to be honest with uh, with you Syracuse. <clears throat> This is a team coming back uh, or finding itself. I'm not sure which, but it's nice to see because, uh, quite honestly, I think Dino Babers' butt was on a hot seat. Uh, I think it was all that. I think that biscuit was buttered and and ready to go, man. Uh, that's that's how I feel about that. And I think if Syracuse can can finally get into some kind of rhythm and make something happen here, 
Dino Babers continues to to be the coach. Syracuse over Boston College, twenty-one to six. You want to talk about a situation where one quarter changes the entire outcome of of a game? It was this one in the third quarter. Um, Syracuse outscored BC twenty-one to three in that game, despite the fact that it only ran nine plays, and they in the in the third quarter BC had ran twenty-four plays, but um, they just you know Syracuse's run game once again had a bit had a big deal it was a 51 it was the third quarter was a 51 yard run by Sean Tucker and a 48 yard run by Garrett Schrader who um who you know is you know been kind of the reason for Syracuse's resurgence Mm -hmm. uh and and you mentioned it they're one went away from bowl eligibility and you know, we were. I was was talking about this yesterday. You know, they were the worst team in the league. You know, according to a lot of people in the preseason. Here they are, one win away from bowl eligibility, um, and you know, a lot of it. And like I say, Dino Babers probably is saving his job as a result of this quarterback change. Now, I mean, it really helps to have arguably the best running back in the ACC and Sean Tucker in the backfield, two hundred and seven yards and a touchdown in this one. Um, you know, we can continue to heap praise on on the Syracuse offense because we, they obviously have, have found something with this with this running run game where they're just gonna just jam it down your throat and dare you to stop it doesn't matter how bad they are in the passing game I mean, Schrader was five of 14 passing in this game but it didn't matter yeah now passing on the other on the other side of the 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 uh field that's a big problem um BC went with the two quarterbacks in this game, which obviously means you have none. If, if you know, pretty much every team except for the those uh, teams from about 12 years ago uh, in Florida with uh, Chris Leak and Tim Tebow. But every other time, uh, it, it when you do this, it just doesn't work. I mean, they they went Dennis. They started with Dennis Grossell. They brought in a freshman Emmett Moorhead. Um, they combined to go 15 to 32 for 180 yards. Um, Moorhead was six of 15, you know, Grossell was only nine to 17, but you know, they only had 251 yards offense in this game. And that generally is not going to get it done. And I'll tell you what, if I'm a quarterback, who's looking at the transfer um, right now, cause I, I don't know if Phil Jacobic is going to come back next season. So if, if, if there's a spot right there for a good quarterback to, to go, if they want to look at an opportunity to play with, you know, some good talent on offense. I mean, we know, Zay Flowers is a really good player. He can, he can, you know, he could start get an offense going on a, on a, you know, on a, on a dime if you can get him the football, but they just don't have the right person for this offense right now because Djokovic is hurt. And there, this is, you know, Halfley is, is a great coach, but you know what you're kind of, he's kind of stymied by what, what he has there on, on, in terms of talent. Yeah. Pull that one linchpin there. And it, it seemed like everything just kind of fell apart, which mm-hmm. is a shame because Boston college, we were really high on Boston college at the beginning of the season. And, and I think rightfully so that everybody was, was hyped on this team. Uh, but once that injury occurred, it was like, Oh boy. And you just, you just saw everything sort of fade away. Um, this isn't a reflection of this team as a whole, Again, there's tons of talent there, and a lot of it will be back. And plus, you have Halfley as the coach. Uh, you're right, Will. Boy, if I were a quarterback and I wasn't getting playing time someplace, and I, you know, 
I'd be looking into uh, knocking on a door and saying, hey, I'm interested. I'll be more than glad to talk to you. Do I have what you guys are looking for? And uh, that it's a great school. And just do a little plug here. It's a great school, mm-hmm. great environment, uh, an up-and-coming program, and an opportunity to get exposure in a major television market. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Hello. You can't go wrong with something like that. All right. Our next game, Clemson over Florida State, misleading score. Mm-hmm. Okay, 30 to 20. It was so much closer than this. This was this was really a good game from the standpoint of of competitiveness. And um, one of the things that stood out to me, the announcers in this game said, man, the they were specifically talking about Clemson at the time. But I thought this applies to both teams. These players are bringing everything to this game and i'm going yeah yeah they are and and with good reason you know there's a lot of pride in there and they're good at what they do it was fun to watch this game condolences to everyone who took uh <clears throat> fsu plus nine in uh and <laughs> on in the gambling line Ooh. um that was that was I said this yesterday uh, that this was probably the biggest, the probably the worst beat of a gambling, of a get for a gambler since the Abilene Christian Virginia game at the end of last season, when that there was the pick six on the final play that allowed Virginia to cover the spread. But yeah, like Jim said, this game was much much closer. This was twenty three twenty until the final play of the game when you know Florida State did the old chuck it around the field and hope for some a random miracle but ended up being fumbled and picked up and run run back for a touchdown um clemson congratulations for scoring 20 points in a game against an fbs opponent in regulation for the first time this year yay how about that and you know you know what they did they ran the football which they should have been doing a lot more now it really helps to have will shipley back and healthy because he looks he's a stud yeah. 25 carries, 128 yards, two touchdowns. Phil Mafas had 69 as well. So they ran for 188 yards in this game, average four yards per carry. Mm-hmm. This is what they need to be doing. Take take some off of DJ Uyangalele's plate. You know, let I mean they they ran 74 plays in this game. That's a little high, but this is I don't think DJ should be throwing 30 times in a game. They need they need to be more of like a 60 40 run team something to that effect i think they'll be they'll do a lot better this defense is still really good they held you know florida state to 1.9 yards per carry um you know we've seen what florida state's rushing attack can do jordan travis was sacked six times yesterday so as a result he had 16 carries for negative four yards but you know he he's still you know it's a tough defense to play um Good. I mean, great effort by Florida State. I know, you know, we were talking, you know, you and I were talking to our friend Chris in the in our chat yesterday. And, you know, he's he was feeling caught, you know, feel pretty good about the game. I mean, it kind of went how we thought it would. It was going to be close throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, the score doesn't dictate how close it actually was. Exactly. Um, I, I just uh, I feel so much better about this conference as a whole. Uh, as this, as when this season started, um, 
there were a lot of frustrations, a lot of disappointments, Clemson being one of them. Um, but, you know, as the season has gone on, there have been a number of teams which have emerged, more than a handful here, that are, are promising, that look really good, that have a lot of young players coming back for next season. Um, I'm just really pumped up about where the ACC is going football-wise, and um, we'll see how it all ends up, especially with bowl games, because I think that's an important indicator of, of <clears throat> really what you have and what might be there next year. Not much to say about this next game other than, um, uh, you know, Wake Forest 45, Duke 7, um, Another big win for Wake Forest for their schedule, for, for their record. Um, and can they run Can they run it all, uh, you know, their schedule? Probably. Looks like it. Um, Duke, uh, you know, aside from, you know, they, they have some really good pieces there. Mm. Um, I... It's, it's frustrating to watch a team that year after year has one or two really good pieces player-wise, and they just never seem to improve. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's tough because in the last two in their last two games they've been outscored ninety-three to seven. <laughs> That's just painful. Yeah, and you talked about all these pieces that they have the one piece or whatever, and obviously Mateo Durant is that one, and he's you know been pretty much the only reason you watch uh, Duke football. I mean, he had 100 yards rushing in this game on 20 carries. That's a nice. That's a nice game, and mm-hmm. it's just you know when you when you're facing the juggernaut that is Wake Forest, you're gonna have a a tough time, you know stopping them and you know this was no different i mean sam hartman had 400 yards and three touchdowns and i thought it was funny that i I was watching a little bit of this game yesterday and obviously this was going on this game started right after a pit lost and all of a sudden they started bringing up sam hartman in the heisman race which Uh i thought it was funny because i feel like he should have been in the discussion all along but maybe it's just because i don't watch much espn but Never heard a peep about out of him in the in the Heisman discussion until until uh, yesterday, and he and he should and he should have been in there all along. I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to be the person, someone you see in New York City in a fi- in the finals, you know, in December. But he's someone who garners consideration for sure. And, and I think I think if I remember correctly, I think they vote the top ten or something like that, and he will show up if at this rate he will show up on some people's ballots. Now you talked about the schedule. This this upcoming game is kind of the one we've been circling as okay, what what is it? You know, what 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 is Wake? Can they do this? It's it's Wake. It's North Carolina, in a non-conference game, um, and you know North Carolina is still a good offense, and they're but you know I haven't seen anybody stop Wake on offense yet this year. So this is going to be a, a real fun game. I'm, I'm excited to see it. Um, one thing I will say about Hartman, <clears throat> I had a, um, a piece uh, a couple weeks ago, I think, talking about the uh, uh, 
the ACC players that were on the list uh, from the standpoint of the odds makers, and Hartman and Howell were both on there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, I think it was Pickett, uh, Hartman, and Howell, and that was it, I believe. And uh, and then the following week, there was a uh, a USA Today column that came out, and uh, Brennan Armstrong was being uh, touted in that. Um, so there there are several quarterbacks I think worthy of uh, of the conversation of being included in the conversation. Uh, the one thing again <clears throat> that uh, and I, I don't know I beat this dead horse constantly. Wake Forest is is not in a major media market. They do not get the exposure I think they deserve. Uh, they fly under the radar because of it. You know, they don't have that track record that every you know, it's like an Auburn. You know, Auburn just sort of gets a lot of traction because, well, they're in the SEC and they've been, you know, they've been there before and all that. And uh, so they get more media coverage. Wake Forest is sort of like, who? <laughs> yeah, th- that's and see now I <clears throat> I constantly put that on the school. Um, because really a lot of any any kind of hype starts in a, with an SID. Uh, mm-hmm. It it has to be you have to as a sports information director. You know, of course they don't have that. A lot of schools don't have that title anymore per se, mm-hmm. but uh, but the people who are in those roles. They need to have connections with with folks in bigger markets, in in uh, bigger media, and constantly need to fuel this. You know, they need to pump it constantly. So you remember the quarterback that used to be at Wake Forest who transferred to Georgia, and suddenly he was a Heisman candidate, and of course he never played, so it just. Um, but see, that's, that's an example right there of, of what I'm talking about is that how you can take a quarterback from Wake Forest who never got any consideration whatsoever for Heisman. He transfers to Georgia and suddenly praise be brothers and sisters. He is a Heisman candidate. And then, and then people forget the guy that that guy was beaten out by the current quarterback when said quarterback was a freshman speaking of we should <laughs> huh for, for, funny former wake forest running back is among the heisman favorites right now too and kenneth walker who's at mm-hmm. michigan state <laughs> that's right it's not an indictment on wake it's just he was just that good all along but he was with the way clausen likes to use the two backs you know he wasn't gonna st- you know put up the kind of numbers he he is currently at michigan state <laughs> right and you know, if you have if you have a desire to move forward and get into the NFL, and there's been plenty of people who've come out of Wake who've gone on to the NFL and have, have done very well and get a lot of chatter, uh, but at the same time, you know, it's it's all about competition, being out in front of people, getting the exposure. So it's very critical that you go to a school. Uh, to a conference that is is pumping the crap out of your name and who you are and what you're capable of doing and and elevating your name, your status, your cachet among, you know, the NFL and media. And um, again, I don't see it happening with with players at Wake 
the way it should be. I still blame it on people there at the school, and I think that needs to be addressed in some fashion. I just I think it's unfair to that that program and those players because they deserve the recognition. Um, they don't they don't get it. They don't get it, and um, you know some of that falls on on uh, we as media people to, to to talk more about it and to and to pay a little more attention. We talk about it, and um, I, you know, I don't know what to say. I, yeah. I, I like I, I mean, said, I beat this dead horse constantly, and it, and I just think it falls on deaf ears. I don't think anything has changed over the last couple of years, and I don't think it's going to change. So yeah, I know, and and, and the reality is, Wake has never been a traditional, like re- traditionally really good football school either. So that that kind of hurts them a little bit, even though they've right. been a really consistent program. And I don't think, I mean, Winston Salem doesn't exactly have the name cachet that uh, a lot of these other cities do. I'm afraid. Granted, it's a nice, you know, I'm sure it's a nice city. I've never been there, but it know. is. It's a it's a really nice area. As a matter of fact, I actually yeah. thought about moving there at one time. Um, the thing is that, you know, again, you know, I can, I can throw out the Winston-Salem. It's not that it, it is a, it is a fairly big community population wise. So, uh, I just think that you hear more talk about, um, about Brennan Armstrong, more chatter, more, f- more feed coming from a, a community that's probably not even half the size in charlottesville yeah you know i mean what's their largest what's their largest city that's nearby well it's where i am yeah. and um and then to the north several hours away is dc so <clears throat> again i i anyway let's move on because i you know i'm this yeah <laughs> this is, i was in. looking at it while you were talking i mean the population of winston-salem's almost two hundred and fifty thousand. yeah Charlottesville's less than 50,000. Yeah. Like that's like the, the, the city in Minnesota I live in has, is, is, has a higher population than Charlottesville. <sighs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, NC state over Louisville, 28 to 13. Whoo. <laughs> Well, I was talking about the the Boston College Louisville game or Syracuse game excuse me, uh, earlier and talked about how one quarter makes a difference in a game. And this was a case here with this one. NC State outscored Louisville 21 to three in the fourth quarter, outgained them uh, by quite a bit, 156 to 55, which really, you know, put a put a, you know, it was a huge difference in this game. This game was actually 10-7 Louisville going into the fourth quarter. Um a big game from Devin Leary, 317 yards and four touchdowns. Obviously, a lot of that came you know, late, um, as I mentioned, in the fourth quarter. And, you know, got to give them credit because, you know, NC State, they have a really good rushing attack usually, but they only get, had 44 yards rushing and 1.8 yards per carry in this game. So they, they relied on Devin Leary to really make a difference, and he he stepped up, and that's big on him. Um, Defense, you know, it was decent. I mean, they Malik Cunningham's eleven of twenty-eight passing in this game, but they could not stop the run. Um, you know, they Louisville ran for two hundred fifteen yards in this game, averaged five yards per carry. But we got to be fair. I mean, NC State has been decimated by injuries on defense. I mean, they they've lost like their top three or four defenders this season for, yeah. due to injury. So they're 
they're playing a lot of people who would normally not be starters, but they're finding ways to win. You know, state is, you know, they're still, you know, in second place in the Atlantic division, you know, but yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a little tough schedule, you know, top end of the season, but you know, this is still, I would say, argue was a pretty successful season for NC state given where, where they are. I think, but I also understand if people felt like there's more there because they could have easily beaten Miami last week. Um, and, and I'll, and I'll listen to that argument, but um, I mean, even the Mississippi state game, I mean, that game, a lot of people will say was not was closer than the score indicates, but still, you know, good, good, good season so far And Louisville. I still think has a shot at a bowl. I mean, they've, they're, they've, they're playing better than a lot of us expect. I figured they, that with, after the way last season went, you know, the Satterfield, you know, and his uh, flirtation with another job figured people probably wouldn't, uh, you know, respect him as much, but he, but they're playing for him. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Louisville does look a lot better. Um, Even though they had a loss in this game, they are playing better. I think there's growth there and there's a lot of potential uh, if it keeps going in this direction, again, we're talking next year primarily. NC State, the injury bug, yeah, that has really hurt them. And I, unfortunately, I think it their their season sort of sort of feels like it's going to tail off here. Uh, I I hope that's not the case. I hope some of these these guys that are stepping up into um, replacement roles. Uh, can get in the groove and uh, keep that that machine going because uh, Dave Doran had a really good thing going at the beginning of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Leary is yeah, heck of yeah, a quarterback. <clears throat> yeah, their final four games are at Florida State, at Wake, Syracuse at home, and, and home for UNC. I mean, really, they could come out. I mean, three and one is definitely possible out of that final four game stretch. It's it's not like a lock, but they they'll probably be favored in in at least two to three. I would think, yeah, yeah, should be. Um, we'll see how that that season ends up for the pack. And I know that fans. Uh, it it was so nice to see the stadium, so full and so loud and mm-hmm. so into that game. It that was marvelous. That's yeah. what football is about. And I got to say the same thing about the pit game. The, the crowd was really into that game. And I was, I was telling my wife, I said, Hey, this is, this is what Northeast football is about, about that, that hard scrapping Pittsburgh football type of, uh, of game. Um, That was kind of neat to see brought back some great memories of, of games uh, involving Pennsylvania in Ohio teams and, uh, it's fun to watch. So NC State, you guys uh, keep packing the the stadium like that, man. It it does wonders for your team. Um, it's a great recruitment tool, and as a fan of of football, I love seeing that. I love the noise. I love people having a good time, and it, that was just cranking. Uh, next game, uh, Notre Dame over UNC, forty four thirty four. Um, it, an interesting battle. It was it was a fun game to watch up to a up to a certain degree, but there were a couple of things that were happening here that I I still have I still have some questions about. 
I thought I, did, I, th I didn't expect there to be as much offense in this game as there was. I mean, North Carolina out or outgained Notre Dame 564 to 523 in this game. Um, you know, both teams ran the ball really well. Um, Notre Dame ran for 293 yards, Carolina for 223. Kyron Williams had 199 yards on the ground and a 91 yard touchdown. That was pretty, pretty slick. I mean, he, I think it was, I think I'm trying to remember how it went. He was going one way, but the late, the, the lane was filled. So he reversed field and found a hole and outran the UNC defense for that touchdown. Uh, it's a great play, and it shows he he has that ability, and it it just he had a hard time getting going this season. Really, um, they mostly relied on Jack Cohn in this game, sixteen of twenty four, two hundred thirteen yards. That's not bad. I mean, they said they 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 ran the ball a lot in this game, which you know they obviously with with the success that they had on the ground, why not just just keep doing what you what what is successful. Um, Carolina, Sam Hartman threw for 341 yards, ran for 101 more. Um, Josh Downs, a stud, 10 catches, 142 yards. He's He's been a problem for for secondaries all season long. Um, Notre Dame, you know, they are, like you say, they, they continue to win games. And, you know, they're, they have Navy coming up next week, which they'll be, which they'll be a favorite in. And then they take on Virginia and, yeah, that's going to be an interesting game because you're, you're going to be coming off a tough Navy team who obviously almost uh, who gave Cincinnati a game a couple of weeks ago. And there, there tends to be like what they call a body blow game after um, after facing Navy. But then again, they're going up against the Virginia defense. So, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> that remains to be seen. It's it, it, it could it, uh, that could end up being just like the BYU UVA game, which wrapped up uh, Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday see. morning. <laughs> Let's see game. from the moment we're recording it ended probably about eight and a half hours ago. Yeah. Uh, and wow. I tell you what, um, amazingly enough, mm -hmm. I've, I've only had a, maybe, maybe an eighth of a cup of coffee. Uh, but I know I'm going to feel this the, as the day progresses. Mm -hmm. uh, I stayed with this game until the to the end. I thought it was it was worth watching every e even right down to the clock at zero. It was worth watching every bit of this game. I'll tell you what, it um, for fans who were attempting to watch, and as we were talking earlier, there was another game on that superseded this one. You had to go to the app. A lot of people were confused about how to find it on the app. Uh, I will I will just say that because I'm so used to going into the app on a regular basis and maneuvering through that, I think that ESPN's app is is a little funky in some ways. Yeah, they don't. It's not user friendly in some fashion. It, it probably should be addressed. I agree. Um, but I, you know, I, I knew it was there. I found it. I didn't have any issues with that. I know a lot of people who probably are a heck of a lot smarter than me were, were struggling to find it. Um, but I, like I said, it's sort of because I do it so often, it's probably easier for me to find stuff like that just out of habit. Um, 
And until the game came on, there we were looking at a score. Uh, and I know that 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 when you tweeted this out, it was it was sort of like I'm sure everybody just their jaws dropped. It was twenty one nothing. BYU, and it was a staggering. Uh, you you just didn't expect that. At, at the opening of this game and BYU I think was smart enough that um, this is one of those games when you get into a battle with an offensive power you better strike as quickly as you can and put as many points up on the board as you can because as we are about to hear 21 nothing was nothing for Virginia <laughs> yeah well yeah BYU's MO has been they've been a, a a team that gets out early on opponents but they always kind of like kind of come back to the pack as the game progresses and that's exactly what happened they say they got up 21 21 nothing and by halftime it was 42 to 38 Virginia um and, but unfortunately, the you know, and Virginia was up 49-45 at the end of the third quarter. But then, unfortunately, the fourth quarter happened. Um, the the thing of it is, is you know, this is the one of the biggest concerns I had about this game was um, I just felt like they were not going to be able to to stop BYU in the ground, which. Virginia hasn't been able to do that on the ground all season anyways, but I thought that was the case here. And they, they let Tyler Algier go for 266 and five touchdowns, 385 yards rushing on the ground, gave up 734 yards to BYU and 66 points. I mean, if you would have told me BYU beat Virginia in basketball, 66 to 49, I could understand. I probably, they probably had an off shooting night and an off defensive night, but this is a, yeah, it's a pathetic performance by the Virginia offense. And, you know, like I said, Brendan Armstrong finally kind of got a national stage to show what he could do. And for sure through the first couple of quarters that he was, you know, front and center and everybody's like, oh man, this guy is really good. Um, Butch, which everyone who's watched Virginia knows, but unfortunately, as we, as Jim mentioned, he hurt himself in the fourth quarter. I think he was trying to, get trying to run for a first down and uh landed funny and and what we probably cracked a rib and then on the next play he went back to pass and kind of under kind of under threw it and it was intercepted and then he was pointing to his ribs and he kept saying it was broken but as you alluded it's probably more likely cracked um but in that time, he he threw for 337 yards and four touchdowns and ran for 94 more and this was and early in the fourth quarter when he, when he came out and by that time he had set a um, Virginia single season passing record, um, just an unbelievable performance. Um, you know, they had to bring in Jay Wolfolk and he had a couple nice throws, but was a little off too. Um, he, he's, he's a far, he's a far better runner than he has a passer right now. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just curious to see what his situation is going forward, um, whether or not he will be able to play again this season. That is that is going to be what we watch because 
you know, there's no doubt that Virginia's success has been largely in part due to Armstrong. And yeah, you know, maybe they don't go to Wolfolk. Maybe they try, you know, a Thompson or Ira Armstead or Jacob Rodriguez there. Um, I don't know. It's, you know, Virginia's on a bye next week. So they have plenty of time to figure it out and, you know, this, and assess what the, what the plan is going forward. I would expect Armstrong to miss some time. I'm hoping it's not the rest of the season, but, you know, even if you look at what, what Virginia was able to do, I mean, Keaton Thompson had 91 yards receiving uh, nine catches. Dontavian Wicks is a stud because he ran for, he had four catches for 125 yards. So the playmakers are there, but um, like I said, we're just, it's, it all depends on the rest of Virginia season depends on Brennan Armstrong's health. I would think that, and, and, let me just uh, be a little more clear here. We, we get into the semantics of, of, of being cracked versus broke. You know, I mean, you can say, well, a cracked rib is broken. Um, I think of a broken rib as literally being snapped and it has the potential of puncturing a lung or, or doing other damage. Okay. That's where I'm coming from. Uh, <clears throat> just so the people who are watching and listening, understand that um the thing that i think that will slow him down here is um it was on his left side which is his throwing arm and um so again we need to keep a close eye on on the progression here i think he's going to be okay that's that's just my gut feel observation wise and again, I'm not a medical professional. I just stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> yes. night, so. I was just going to say that, too. <laughs> <laughs> so BYU over UVA, 66-49. Again, kind of misleading on the score because you, it almost sounds like the, it was a major blowout. But that game was neck and neck, uh, at least for a couple of quarters and a half. Uh, and... Um, a fun game to watch. I got to say, um, talent on both sides of the ball here, except for the defenses. <laughs> Sorry, guys. My God. I mean, that many points in one game. Whoo, man. Um, you're, you're getting up there with that, that Wake Forest game that was before, and it's like, oh. <clears throat> so, anyway. That's a, that's a look at uh, our, our schedule, and uh, uh, coming up next week, we've got um, a lot of, of interesting games, an opportunity for Clemson, again, to grab a bowl bid with a win over Louisville, um, and Louisville's not going to let that slide easily, and I can tell you that. So that, that should be an interesting game to watch. Again, Syracuse, a game away from a bowl bid. They've got, uh, after a bye week, Louisville, NC State, Pitt left on their schedule. A lot of fun games, with the exception of of Wake Forest, who is um, at the top of you know their particular division. Um, they're pretty much locked in there. Uh, it, the The coastal is sort of a let Let's see what happens and and uh, a run for the money, pretty much. So, um, and again, uh, happy 10th anniversary to, uh, Will and to Sammy and, uh, hope you guys enjoy yourself. And, uh, I know you will. <laughs> well, we will. And, um, we're, 
we're going to be going, like I said, we're going up on the North shore to Duluth and, and, you know, touring Northern Minnesota for the next few days. But uh, looking at the weather forecast, it's the high temperatures may not make it to 40 in a couple, a couple of those days. Thanks for joining us on ACC Nation. Follow us by subscribing on your favorite podcast or streaming radio platform and on YouTube. We'd appreciate a five-star rating while you're there. Visit our homepage at accnation.net and support us via PayPal. Keep up with the latest by following us on Google News. You can find ACC Nation on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Reddit, and Pinterest. Follow Will at WillsWorldMN, and I'm at ACC The Q. Cheers! Scores.